Wonderland. Christmas, I think, is a time of wonder. And I uh, find myself at Christmas time wondering a lot of stuff. I mean, I find myself wondering what it must have been like that very, very first Christmas. And then I wonder how many people really knew, you know? I wonder when God decided that he was going to save the world. Uh, And then I wonder why he wanted to save it. And then I really get thinking about it, and I I wonder, what what was God thinking? I mean, sending a a baby, it seems so so strange. And lately, I, I found myself wondering how Christmas has got so convoluted. You know, how it's gotten reduced. Uh, It's become this time of of stress and and worry. You know, it's kind of morphed into this money-making machine for all the businesses. It seems to be a season that's marked by this kind of gift-giving frenzy. And ultimately, we miss the greatest gift. And my question is, when did we lose the wonder? You know, Wonderland's all about recapturing that wonder of Christmas. I mean, I know this is a busy time of the year. Uh, There's a lot of things going on and, you know, presents to buy and uh, trees to decorate and lights to hang and dinners to plan and parties to attend. And don't misunderstand me, all that stuff's fine and good. Uh, It's enjoyable. But I believe all that stuff can easily get in the way, and you end up missing the wonder of Christmas. We forget about what Christmas is all about. You know, Luke writes and says, And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Friends, that's where you find the wonder of Christmas. It's in the manger. It's in the manger. And I believe if you get close to the manger, I mean, if you get really, really close to it, it changes everything in your life. And I'm glad you're here today. You could be doing a million other things. Fighting traffic, fighting people at the mall, you know, all that fun stuff. But seriously, you chose to be here. And because of that, my prayer for you is that you find the hope that you're looking for, that you find the encouragement that you're looking for, the strength. And most of all, my prayer for you is that you capture or recapture the wonder of Christmas this year. I remember when I was in uh, junior high, I attended a uh, Christian school, Christian elementary in Springfield. And... um, our class got the opportunity to do one of the storefront windows at White Oaks Mall. And uh, our uh, class, we worked for weeks in art and uh, was designing and developing. And the most important thing was the day that we set up, we got to miss all of our morning classes. So that was really cool. So so we, we created this amazing manger scene that, that we put in the store window. And it was a little bit different. We'd heard about other, other places that they had done this. So we designed it. We put a manger. But then we left it empty. 
and we put a sign in there, and it said something to the extent of, is something missing from your Christmas? Now that, my mom always picked us up after school, and uh, so as soon as I got in the car, I couldn't wait to take her to the mall to see it. So we had to drive straight out there. And as we're driving, in my mind, I've got this vision of having to push through the crowd so that my mom could get a glimpse of the window. We race in the mall, or I did, and mom's following me. And there was a crowd all right, but they were zooming by the window. And, I, and I'm watching, and to be honest, I'm kind of crushed. I, I was In my mind, I'm thinking, I wonder if Michelangelo felt like this, you know. <laughs> my mom, um, I think she noticed that uh, I was a little bothered by all this, and uh, she started making a big deal out of it. And honestly, if we'd have put a stick in there, she'd have made a big deal out of it. Because my mom, she's always encouraging and, and everything. And so finally, after watching a little bit, hoping somebody would, would stop, I just wander over and I sat down on, on the bench. And mom came and sat next to me. And um, I was sitting there and pretty soon mom goes, hey, somebody's looking. I look over and it's a girl from our school. I said, she doesn't count, you know. People are zipping by. Finally, and anybody that knows me, I am very impatient. And so finally I thought, I'm getting proactive. And I get up and I start stopping people. I go, pardon me, our, our uh, class put this window together. What do you think? You know. And so uh, people stopped a lady and uh, she's like, uh, really nice, Merry Christmas. And off she goes. And I, I tried several more times to stop people and get them to look at the window, kind of the same result. They didn't really look and they kind of pat me on the head and move on. And So I sit down, kind of defeated. Every once in a while somebody would stop and I'd get excited and then I'd realize that they were just setting their packages down to exchange And then finally, finally, somebody stopped, you know. And um, I was sitting there just quiet, and uh, nobody had really noticed it. But this person stops, and so I'm jazzed up. She picks one of her kids up, and they kind of lean into the window so that they could see inside it. And I'm sitting at the back. I jump up, and I go, Yeah! think I scared her. She turns and looks at me, and I gave her one of these. This is no joke. I go, hey. You know, just like the Fonz. Happy Days was big when I was a kid. And uh, she kind of looked at me and walked on. Here's what I wondered, though. I wondered how many people stopped and looked at that window that year. I wonder if anybody really noticed that the manger was empty. But what I really wanted to know is if it made a difference in someone's life. If it made someone's Christmas a little bit more meaningful. Friends, the wonder of Christmas is in the manger. It's in the manger. You know, Matthew writes, he says, she will give birth to a son... And you're to give him the name Jesus, 
because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God is with us. God is with us. 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophets were giving him names. You know, a guy by the name of Isaiah, he would talk about Jesus coming to the world to save the world. And he writes, for to us a child is born. To us a son's given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I want to unpack a couple names for you today. Because I believe if we understand who's in the manger, that's where the wonder comes from. I mean, you find the mighty God in the manger. You know, the word mighty in the, in the Hebrew, it means to uh, have strength in, in battle, to be able to prevail in tough situations in life. That's the kind of power that's in the manger. That's the kind of power God wants to give us in our lives. See, you look in the manger, you find strength and power. And it's kind of odd, because when I think about power, I don't think about babies. You know, I think about, like, political power, economic power, or electrical power, or fuel power, stuff like that. But when we say something's powerful, what are you you saying? You're saying it has the ability to move us from here to there. It has the ability to make a difference in our lives. And friends, the greatest power that has ever come to this earth was found in the manger. It was a new kind of strength. I mean, into the world, that first Christmas was power. Power for your life and mine. Power to win in the tough battles. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you? Right now, this is a key question. What's the toughest battle you're facing right now? What is it? Situation that's taken a terrible turn? Relationship that's gone south? A a temptation that's getting the best of you? An opportunity you're not sure you're up to. I mean, where's your greatest battle? I want you to identify it today. Because the manger, the manger's not some sentimental story. It's all about God's power in our lives. It's God saying, I want to make my power available to you. You know, what kind of power? Well, Paul writes, he says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think or imagine. Friends, that kind of power, it's more than you can grasp. It's more than you can imagine because it's God's power It means God wants to do more in your life and in my life than whatever your best idea is. 
I mean, how, how do you connect with it? How do you get charged up with God's power? How many of you have cell phones? Yeah, most, most of the house. How many of you have to plug your cell phone in every day to keep it charged up? How many of you can go like every other day? Anybody go five days or more? Do you use your phone? <laughs> Call me. Yeah. If you're going to stay charged up with God's power, you have to stay connected to God. You have to stay connected. And, and you can't just come to church once a week. I mean, that's a, that's a good thing. It'll help you. But it's not enough. You need more. You need to spend time in God's Word. You know, you need to spend time with God every day. You know, read, reading the Bible, in prayer, just, just talking to God through the day. It's like any relationship. You need to stay connected on a regular basis. You know, hey God, here's what's on my mind. And just share it. You know, God, I need a little bit of patience. Could you help me out on this? Need some wisdom. And then looking around and saying, thank you. Thank you for that, God. You know, don't forget Thanksgiving. We're pretty good at asking. But don't forget Thanksgiving. But connect regularly with God. And what you'll find is you start experiencing more power in your life. Colossians, Paul writes, he says, God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when troubles come but you will be patient. You know, there's something I've figured out that sometimes I think that we think we experience God's greatest power when we do something really amazing that everybody sees and everybody goes, yay, you know, applauds for you. But here's, here's what I believe. I believe that we experience God's greatest power when we feel like nobody sees, nobody knows. When we need God's strength just to get out of bed and maybe make it through or to not give up. But friends, when God gives us strength in our life to, to just keep going, to, to be patient, to wait something out, that's where you find incredible power in life. That's where you find God's power in life. And I want you to know God wants to give you that kind of strength. But that power is in the manger. It's in the manger. I think part of the reason we have lost the, the wonder of Christmas is that we think it's something that took place 2,000 years ago. And it's been reduced to a story. It's been reduced to a story. I mean, if you listen to the uh, uh, Gap ad on TV... You know, go Christmas, go Hanukkah, go Kwanzaa, go Solstice, do whatever you want to, you know. And I'm like, what? Old Navy, they've, they've just taken it simply down to winter holiday. And friends, Christmas has got reduced. It's got reduced. And in fact, I would say, if that's what you think, it might explain the gap in the wonder of Christmas. It might explain the gap of you not having God's power in your life because it's just become a story. 
when you see Christmas from the manger, it's full of power, it's full of wonder. I mean, this Christmas, where do you need God's power? Because God wants to give it to you. He's a mighty God. Not only do you find power, but, but you find God's glory in the manger. The glory of God has come to earth. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It, it's hard to get your mind around this one. It's hard to describe God's glory. It's the beauty of God. It's the perfectness of God. It's God on display. You know, complete exposure of God. No filter, no mask, no veil. It's really more than we can get our minds around and comprehend. It really is. Every year, uh, we put up our decorations. We're like everybody else. And we've got this little nativity set that we put up inside the house each year. And it's a little plastic, or a little plastic, a little plaster uh, nativity set that we got in Mexico. And uh, a couple years ago, I was unwrapping it, and uh, there were several pieces that were broken. It was kind of like Friday the 13th meets Christmas. You know, Joseph was missing his head, and, you know, Jesus and the manger had kind of come apart. And so I prepared for a Christmas miracle. I got out the super glue and my paints. And uh, I glued Joseph's head back on, and I glued Jesus back together and put him in the manger. And it worked really great. It was like new. But here's what I want you to know. You can't superglue God in the manger. I mean, whatever manger you try and superglue him into, he breaks out of. You can't put God in a box. You know, the glory of God breaks out of whatever box you want to put him in. And we're really good at this because it's kind of like, okay, God, I'd like to put you in this box. I'll do my thing over here. I've got my life going. And I'll come get you when I need you, okay? And I want to tell you, you can't contain God that way. The glory of God came to this world at Christmas, and God came in a manger so that he could break out of every single box that anybody had ever tried to put him into any religious leader had ever tried to put him into because God wanted us to see that he could do whatever he needed to do, that he could really be involved in our life. He could do more than we dream, more than we imagine. Glory of God, glory of God. You know, throughout time, people have seen the glory of God. The Old Testament, you read the Exodus story. and The, the people saw God split the sea, and they walked through on dry land. They saw God in a pillar of fire that led them through the desert. God was on display. That's why they exclaimed in Exodus, Who is like you, O God, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in splendor, doing wonders? And I think, sometimes we think, I'd like to see something like that. I'd like to see God split the sea. I would like for God to lead me around in a fiery pillar. I'd like to experience God's glory. I'd like to see it. 
My friends, you can. You can see it. You can see it in creation. You know, get up tonight. Middle of the night, go outside. Look at all the stars. I was looking at them this morning. See the Milky Way. You can see planets. It was a little cloudy, but you could see stuff. Spectacular. It reminds us of God's glory. The psalmist says the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hand. That's what happened in the Old Testament. It's wonderful. Seeing the stars or the sunrise, awesome. But friends, what happened at Christmas? God coming to this world? There was more glory in that manger than seeing a thousand seas split, than seeing a million stars, because God came into this world. God, think about it. God's glory. You know, we, we are wired in a way that it is really easy to miss God's glory. It's easy to get focused on little things and, and miss God's glory in life. Happened to the Israelites. The Old Testament, they're seeing all these miracles around them. The splitting of the sea. The pillar of fire, manna fallen from heaven so that they could eat every day. And, and you find them complaining. We don't have enough food. We don't have water. And they missed God's glory. And I believe that you and I, it's easy to miss God's glory. It's easy to miss it at Christmas. I mean, we're celebrating God came to this world. But what happens is we get focused on little things. Christmas ham's too dry. (laughs) Can you believe it? One of the strands of lights isn't blinking in unison with everything else. Oh, it's a ruined Christmas. You know. I can't find that bumblebee transformer he wants. It's going to be a disaster. And it's so easy to get focused on these little details that we miss the celebration that God came to this world. It was a baby in a manger. The baby in the manger was God, wrapped in human form. It was the creator of the universe, the sustainer of all things that came as a baby. I mean, imagine. Hebrew writer says he is a reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. I mean, think about it. The God that created everything becomes part of creation. The God that had no bounds, could do whatever he wanted to do, all of a sudden is confined to the womb of a mom. The most majestic made quite an entrance in a smelly stable. Hardly anybody knew it. The most sovereign God ends up having to rely on a man and a woman to feed him and take care of him. 
and the God that spoke and said one word and created the world all of a sudden is reduced to a cry. And that's hard to grasp. I mean, it's a challenging thought. In fact, I know some of you, you're not even sure if it's true. And I just want to encourage you, don't rely on the word on the street. Don't rely on the internet. You know, rest your faith in something that has proven out for thousands of years of history. You know, I'd encourage you to keep searching, keep keep looking for God, because you will find the truth, and you find the truth at Christmas in the manger. You know, when you recognize God's glory, you realize what God really wants to do in your life. What you'll find is you stop worrying and wondering about how did this happen, you'll start wondering more about why did it happen. I can tell you why. Love. God had a deep love for you and me. That's why God became human. That's why you find God in a manger. Matthew says the virgin will be with child and you will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel which means God is with us. See, you find Emmanuel in the manger. Emmanuel, God is with us. Think about that. God is with us. In other words, when you, when you look in the manger, God's saying, I'm going to show you that I understand what it's like to live in this world, that I understand what it's like to be weary and to suffer and feel pain and get hurt, that I understand what it's like to have victories and successes in life. I understand what it's like to be rejected and despised. Emmanuel in the manger, God's glory up close. Glory. We're kind of twisted on this one. I mean, our society, we, we kind of get this big screen glory idea that uh, is way different. Um, I mean, we're kind of a society that's driven by uh, celebrity culture. You know, everybody knows I love sports. And that's fine and good. And I love entertainment. I love good music, see a good movie. And again, that's all fine and good. But we have a society that starts following the person, the celebrity. You know, and they want to know everything about them. They follow them on the internet and Facebook and Twitter and all that in an attempt to get close to them. Why is that? Because you're wired that way. You're wired that way to get close to something that's bigger than yourself you know something that's much larger and if it's not God you know what you do you start looking elsewhere because you need something you need something to kind of give you a wow in life but I want you to know you need a bigger wow than Jessica Simpson or Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie 
or the greatest athlete on the planet. You need something more. And I want to suggest that you look in the manger because what you need, you need God. Where, where do you need more in your life? I mean, what problem, what situation, what, what struggle? Because when you realize the plans that God has for your life, when you realize that God has a better way for your life, when you realize really what God wants to do in your life, you get an attitude of awe. It kind of sets things into perspective all of a sudden. You you could be facing whatever in your life, whatever it is right now. And in all honesty... Whatever it is you're facing may be bigger than you. But it's not bigger than God. You know, Christmas, the reality is that the mighty God is in the manger. Emmanuel, God is with us. And when you realize that, that there's not only power and glory, but you find hope in the manger. You know, when it comes to hope, we, we look in weird places. I mean, just dumb places, to be honest. I mean, people go, I'm going to look to the lottery. That's my hope. You know, I'm going to look to money. I'm going to look to the stock market. I'm going to look to my career. I'm going to look to politics. How's that working for you? I mean, here's something I figured out. If you put your hope in things that go up and down, things that tend to cycle with instability, what happens to hope? It doesn't last. The hope won't last. You you lose hope. In fact, I would argue that we are in a society and in a time and place right now that we have a country that's losing hope. Because we're putting it in the wrong stuff. I mean, when you look in the manger, you, you find an everlasting father. You know, an ever eternal father. And when you place your hope there, it changes things. I mean, it's more than a sentimental wish in life. You know, oh, I hope this happens. I, I wish this could happen in my life. Friends, when you look in the manger, you find certainty. You know, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, he says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are what? Yes, in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. When you look in the manger and you see Jesus, the manger contains the one that made all God's promises into yeses. I mean, think about that. I want you to think about that. Take that in for a minute. Because what it's saying is, I mean, there are over 7,000 promises found in God's word. And in the manger, God said yes to every single one of them because of Jesus Christ. Every single promise. God's promise to rescue you in difficult situations. Yes! You know, God's promise to provide everything that you need for life. Yes. You know, God's promise to be with us through whatever it is that we face. Yes. God's promise to give us wisdom when we're a little bit lost. Yes. 
God's promise to save us from sin and eternal death. God's promise to give salvation. Yes, yes, yes. And over and over and over again. Yes. Anybody need a yes in their life? You know, this Christmas when you're driving around, every time, every time you see a Christmas light, I want you to remember all the yeses that God has said in Jesus Christ. Some of you, you wonder if, if that's even true this year. Because when you look at your life, you're not seeing very many yeses right now. In fact, you're seeing a lot of no's. A lot of no's. And you're looking at your situation, you're going, it's not working. Friends, how do you have hope? How do you have hope when you're having problems? Well, Paul says, and that's not all, we're full of joy even when we suffer. It seems strange, doesn't it? We know that our suffering gives us strength to go on. The strength to go on produces character. Character produces hope. You know, God's word says, this is how it works. When problems come, and they will come into your life, when they hit, I don't know about you, but what I want to do, I want to run. Anybody else like that? I mean, I just want to cruise. And God says, you know what? Instead of running away, instead of trying to find a problem-free place to hide out, which incidentally doesn't exist, instead of running, see it through. God says, see it through. I'll help you. I'll strengthen you. I'll give you patience. I'll help develop your strength and your character and here's the amazing thing, because God says, at that point, I'll give you a greater hope. See, I can't find hope in my problems. But I've got someone that when I have problems, that I can hope in. No matter what my problem is. Because there's a mighty God, Emmanuel, everlasting Father. Where do you need hope this Christmas? Where do you need to trust God? You know, what situation do you need to give to God this year? Because here's what I know in a crowd this size, some of you feel pretty hopeless right now. In fact, everything that I've been talking about is kind of like a sting, like someone slapping you a little bit. And the situation, it may feel hopeless. You may feel like there's no way out. If you don't take anything else home, take this home. Never, never let a a temporary circumstance in your life steal the eternal hope that God has given to you. When you look in the manger 
When you look in the manger, it screams, I love you. I care about what's going on in your life. You know, John writes, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. That's how much God loves you. You just have to look in the manger and accept that. There's power. I mean, when you embrace the manger, you find salvation in life. Not just eternal salvation, salvation to face every day. Where do you need God's love this Christmas? You know, speak it, name it, say it. You know, I need God's love. It might be a person's name. I need God's love. Maybe someone in your family. I need God's love. Maybe a situation in your life. You know, I need God's love to love someone that they're just not real lovable right now. You know, I need God's love to love someone I don't like. I need God's love to forgive someone. Where do you need God's love in your life? And and can I say something? You know, there are people around you that need good news. There are people around you that, that need Jesus this Christmas. There are people that need what's in the manger. And I believe one of the greatest gifts and acts of love that, that we can possibly give is when we reach out to family and friends, people that, that we work with, and we just invite them to church. You know, Christmas is a time that it's just proven people are more open to, to coming to church. And I think the reason is because for some reason everything's so compressed during this season that people realize they're missing something. Now hear me, do not try and change them. Just invite them. I wonder who God just brought to your mind. It's not an accident. Just reach out and invite them. And let God do what God has done since the beginning of time, and that's meet people where they're at. Because here's what I know. When you look in the manger, I mean, when you really look, you find a baby, and you find God. That's the wonder of Christmas. God, come to this earth. And that's what we celebrate. Let's stand and have a word of prayer. Our holy God, I am in awe that you loved us so much you would come to this world. God, I can't get my mind around it sometimes. And I'm not sure I totally understand the whys. But I do know I am so thankful that you have that much love. God, I pray this Christmas season 
that we'd just stay focused on the manger. We'd stay focused on you. And we'd give you glory through this season. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.